here at No Vision Internet Radio on Facebook and YouTube. So we have a unique uh, opportunity of streaming on both platforms. And also, folks, uh, today is November 29th, November, August 29th. Uh, we will be talking to Miss Sissy Bird later on today. But anyways, good morning, Mr. Bautista. How are you doing today, sir? Good morning, George. Uh, doing great. How's uh, people in El Paso doing today? I hope they're not going out because it's too hot out there. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? That we've had uh, several days of over uh, like 102, 104, 100, I mean, in, in late August, you know? Yeah, it's that's, supposed to be it's a, kind of crazy today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, and we're also streaming folks on our website, which is www.novisioninternetradio.com. If you want to have, if you know someone that doesn't have Facebook or YouTube, just let them know to go to our website. And also, Mr. Bautista, we're, we're proud to announce that we're also on iTunes, uh, po our podcast. After the show, I upload it into, this, into the podcast uh, uh, iCloud uh, or Stratosphere. Sphere. And um, so our podcasts are available on any podcast player on Apple. So if you have a podcast player like Downcast or anything like that, go ahead and search for No Vision Internet Radio, and it will, it will pop up our latest podcast. Right now we have three of them uploaded, and, and then after today it will be four. Uh, so, folks, uh, we're trying to bring you different platforms, and by doing that, hopefully we could um, broaden our our, uh, our exposure. Because last week, Mr. Bautista, I didn't want to tell you this right now, but last week, folks, the last video we did was Aaron Montes. We had 800 hits. What do you think about that, Mr. Bautista? Wow. That is awesome. That that's is 800, man. I'm like, wow. When I saw that, I'm like, that's crazy, you know? Yeah, somebody likes uh, Mr. Montes. <laughs> They, oh yeah, it must have been all his family, relatives, and you know all his so, fans. Uh, and it's everybody, eight hundred people, Mister Bolton. I'm like, wow, yeah. we did something wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think we did something right for a change. Right. So what? Uh, and by the way, folks, uh, just to let you know that uh, so around eleven thirty, we're going to have Miss Sissy Bird. Uh, she's a candidate for District Four. Come on, and uh, we do appreciate for for her for doing that. So. Let's get on with the show, folks. First of all, Mr. Bautista, I want to give uh, the numbers, the latest numbers from yesterday. I didn't have a chance to see them from this morning. Uh, and we, we have over 410, unfortunately, over 104 deaths due to the COVID virus. Over 16,000 have recovered. However, they may have uh, um, consequential effects from that, like their lungs and whatnot. I've heard people that months later, they're still having issues with their lungs. And that's, I think yep, that's kind of crazy. And breathing and all that. Yeah, yeah isn't that crazy? So we're going to do right now, Mr. Bautista, I want to, like last week, what we did, we try to be universal here, folks. Uh, we're not, we're not trying to, we're a bipartisan here, uh, hopefully. And what we're going to do, I'm going to do a play um, this week, uh, President Bush, or uh, Trump, sorry, took the nomination, accepted the nomination for the Republican Party. And I'm going to go ahead and play that. It's a short clip, maybe like a minute or so. But um, I want you to listen to it to see what you think. All right, Mr. Bautista, I'm going to go ahead and play it. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Friends, delegates, and distinguished guests, please. I stand before you tonight, honored by your support, proud of the extraordinary progress we have made together over the last four incredible years, and brimming with confidence in the bright future we will build for America over the next four years. We begin this evening, our thoughts, 
are with the wonderful people who have just come through the wrath of Hurricane Laura. We are working closely with state and local officials in Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, sparing no effort to save lives. While the hurricane was fierce, one of the strongest to make landfall in 150 years, the casualties and damage were far less than thought possible only 24 hours ago. My fellow Americans tonight with a heart full of gratitude and boundless optimism, I profoundly accept this nomination for President of the United States. What I understand is there was a thousand, over 1,500 people there, no masks. Uh, yeah. Little people, little of those people wearing masks. So I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, that's, um, that's something that needs to be addressed. Because, I mean, the thing is about the mask, folks. I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Mr. Butler? I mean, because we, we've been talking about this for weeks. And I don't know. It's like people don't realize the importance of wearing the masks. I, I just don't, I don't understand that. So. I mean, it's, I know it's a political thing. Some people like to, you know, drag it out to saying that, you know, this or that. But I don't know. It just, to me, just baffles the, the mind that people are willing to put their lives at risk for just something stupid, you know? Well, but, well the thing that bothers me about that, George, is that uh, it, it just goes to show how indoctrinated, how, how ignorant, how weak those individuals are. I'm not talking about the f fact that there's numbers in, 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 you know, that uh, are following him for his presidency, but it just, just goes to show you, they're not even concerned about their own safety and the safety of their families, the, the well-being of others, who, you know, who they come in contact. That tells me that these people are just like him. They are careless. They don't care for, you know, for others. Well, that's what I'm saying, man. You know, I it's just to me. It's just like one lady was saying on TV that she she feels that the the the, the masks are restricting are restricting her ability to you know to live life. I guess, but I don't know. I don't really know what 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 the what the um, what the thought is. I really don't know. I mean, well, I know one of I'm, the things one of the things George that the, the there were some of the uh, uh, his followers in in up in uh, what is it. Uh, New Hampshire, one of them said, uh, in quote, she said, uh, the masks, they're just trying to control us. And that's why they want us to use masks. They, they're trying to control us. And when they asked her, well, who are they? You know, she couldn't answer. You know, in, in other words, she couldn't say, well, the Bidens or the, or the you know, or the Democrats. She, she, all she said was, they're just trying to control us. And that's how they, that's why they want us to wear masks. Now, how stupid and ignorant can that be, you know? You know what I'm supposed to say? It's just, it's just, to me, it's just baffled the mind that people are willing to do that. And so, I mean, we're not, I don't want to talk too much on this because it's, it's a subject that really people should just be use common sense. It shouldn't really be a political thing. It should be a health, uh, a health crisis issue uh, to, to mitigate the spread of the virus. So, I mean, at the end of the day, Mr. Balsita, no matter what we say or do, people are going to say this, you know, are going to do what they want to do. There's nothing we, we can do. And so, I mean, just, and that talking about the virus, Mr. Balsita, we had talked about this a little, a little bit yesterday, or last year, last week, about sports. And, um, yeah. you know, we talked about, you know, the, like, for example, Notre Dame and all these big colleges had to close down. Matter of fact, the Pac-10 is not going to play football this year. So I don't know what's going to happen to the Sumbo. 
if the Swan Sun Bowl is even going to take effect because the Pac-12, I think the third or fourth place team comes to El Paso. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. But having said that, folks, I don't know if you heard the story, Mr. Bautista, that um, in, in the NFL, uh, this week they had 11, or 77 positive uh, tests that came back and infected 11 teams. And then check this out, Mr. Bautista. They came back and said, wait, wait, wait a minute. The, the, the lab that did the, the process, the, the test, was contaminated. So all those 77 were actually negative. So now we're like, oh, crap. So the, now we don't know what's true or what's not when it comes yeah, to... Yeah, did they go back to, to retest them? And, and, and have we got that information? Or, or well, was this see, just an excuse by them? Let me, let me play the, the audio. Let's see, let me see if they have an excuse. or okay. False positives in the NFL that have affected 11 teams? Bizarre. I, I, I'm telling you, if there are false positives, are there false negatives? Yeah, I would certainly think so. I mean, I, there, here's what we know. There's no exact science to this. And the fact that they came out of one lab in New Jersey, boy, don't you got to get someone over there and say, what the hell are you guys doing? I mean, that's a huge number, and it impacted, what would you say, 10, 11, 11 teams. teams. Now, 11 most teams, teams did press on because I guess there was some question about all those positives, uh, some delayed practices and, you know, practice later in the afternoon instead of in the morning. But that's – you talk about needing uh, needing some help here and having a long way to go in this testing process. That was eye-opening to me this morning. And I'm glad that, you know, because it would have been very easy for the NFL to just shut things down immediately and just pause camp for a couple of days. Instead, they pressed forward, found out there were false positives, and, and were good to go. But you're right. If there are false positives, yes, I would think theoretically there could be false negatives. Yeah, the Jets, the Bears, the Vikings, and the Steelers reported the most players that were affected. And then when you listen to the coaches talk about what they had to go through in order to figure this whole thing out, um, it's, it's really been, I think it's a good exercise. I think it's a really good exercise for these teams, uh, even though it is a blatant mistake and it creates all sorts of, uh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, headaches and you have to figure different things out, but it's a good exercise to go through and figure, okay, we just lost, you know, one-sixth of our roster, we now have to figure out how we're going to do this. And, you know, a coach or two here. So as Adam Gase has said, as Joe Judge has said, as almost every coach has said, everybody has contingency plans in place. Everybody seems to be uh, pretty much organized as to, well, you know, how they're going to handle if something like this does happen. And I remember asking uh, Frank, (laughs) Frank, obviously the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts about a month and a half ago, or maybe it was even two months ago when he came on with me and uh, Gio on a Saturday, I said, what happens if you come down with coronavirus? How do you handle your situation? He goes, obviously I would be quarantined away from the team, but that doesn't mean as long as I'm feeling okay, because most guys who have come down with it seem to be feeling okay. They're just have to go through the quarantine situation. Um, I would coach via the Zoom meetings, and I would st- I would definitely be involved in the game planning. Uh, obviously, I don't necessarily know that I could call the game like he would normally do with Philip Rivers now as his head co- as his uh, quarterback. But uh, we do have contingency plans in place. This was over a month and a half or two months ago, so I'm sure that they are practicing these things as uh, as you go on. And, and you know, and the Eagles lived it with Doug Peterson, right? Already. Right. Well, you know, but that was that, that was early in the whole process. I mean, I'm talking about when the actual games start. You know that somebody, some coach of significance is going to come down with this. You just know it. 
I you know, would I'm think statistically, su- yes, yeah. it, you would. Yes, I agree. I'm actually surprised no managers that I know of have come down with it in Major League Baseball. Well, but you know what you do see in every dugout? I am, I am yet to see a manager, well, and I'm not watching all the games, but you watch Quick Pitch on MLB Network every day, and you see all the highlights. I have not seen one manager without the mask on in the dugout. I think that's a big part of it. If they're protecting themselves and they're doing the proper protocols, they should be okay. You would hope they're okay. I was just going to, you know, to let George know that I think it's going to be very difficult, even though they're not having, they're, they claim that they're not having problems with, with the virus because they're, they're, they're making sure that they, that they're following the, the, the CDCD directions and whatever. But I, I just don't feel that they, they can survive it because they have to travel, and through, throughout the traveling or throughout the process. Somebody, some of those uh, players are going to contract the virus, and then what? They're going, of course, they're going to, you know, mix in with their players. They're going to mix in with their coaches, and and they they get to go home because evidently they're they're not in a bubble like the baseball teams are or the yeah NBA. Uh, The NBA has played it smart. They're they're in a a position where nobody can leave. They can't go anywhere. They're there, and and that's players. maintenance people whatever they're all going to be there and they're not going to they're not going to have the same problems that the teams that travel so i I don't understand how they they feel that um that they can can continue the the, their games you know uh soccer has you know has you know contracted the the virus and 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 so had the women's basketball team or the women's soccer team i think they're not uh having problems but they're all you know staying away from from the public staying away from their families they're all you know taking care of making sure that they're taking uh, their um they're washing their hands and that they're using the masks where they need to and and they're following up with all the the procedures and uh, proper uh, proper procedures for uh, avoiding uh, the the contraction of the the virus that doesn't exclude you know there's people that have uh we've been listening to uh comments from the media where people were followed the rules they you know wore they wore gloves they they had they wore their masks they washed their hands they followed everything that all the rules and they still died so uh i don't know i just find that kind of difficult for for um, people to say that that the, the the teams are going to be okay i don't think they're going to be okay but uh you know going from there to the to the college uh football programs. The college football programs are having the same problems. One of the things that they were, um, Notre Dame uh, uh, just closed the doors and they're they're saying that they're going to return uh, face-to-face uh, learning in a, a couple of weeks, is what the, the newscasters were saying. And, but the same, they've got the same problem because the, 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 the when they open the doors, a lot of those students live off campus well they're they're going to go to partying and they're going to uh go to the to the drugstore and to the uh to, to buy groceries etc and if they're not wearing masks or if they're not following the proper procedures they're you know they're, they're contracting the virus and then they're bringing it back into campus and even though the students that are on campus maybe they're following the rules um they're still mixing up with the people that are not wearing masks so it it I don't see the the college football programs 
having any more success than than, than what the uh, the pros are having. The thing about the football, Mr. Bautista, uh, I don't know if you mentioned this, but the the the, the, the basketball players that like they're in a the bubble. Yeah. Oh, I, matter of fact, today, Mr. Bautista, I was hearing the Tour de France. It's going to yeah. start today, and actually, the way they're going to do it is that all teams are going to have bubbles. In other words, if that if there's they say there's I think there's thirty per team at the doctors and the trainers and yeah. Yeah. All of them have to be, are going to be quarantined. In other words, if any of those people come out positive, if two or more people come out positive from that team, what they're going to do is that they're going to uh, go ahead and expel that team. Isolate them, yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, I mean, sometimes you have to do that because, you know, the, the, they say it's a hundred and it's 2,200, uh, 22, no, 2,200, uh, miles. The Tour de France. Oh, and also they're not going to allow people to stand on the side of the of the road anymore. Right. Yeah, and, and if they did, they they would have to be at least uh, you know six ten feet away. So if they if they can do it, if they if they rope up rope the area so that they can't come in close, you know, to the to, to the bikers or whatever. But even there, George, uh, they you know they they're going to if they if they're biking. You know, if they're trying to pass one, or one or each other, they're coming in close contact. Now it's not, you know, it's not uh, uh, for a, uh, this uh, a time, you know, but still they're still coming in contact. And when you're when you're biking or when you're you know an athlete, you're breathing hard. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I doubt that those guys are going to be wearing masks. Uh, and you, you can't be a you, coach. You know about that? You know, wrestling coach. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's hard to you know to uh, to be an athlete and have to wear a mask because. You have to breathe hard, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the and the mask is going to restrict you. Uh, yeah, I don't care. You know, I'm not gonna. How can you do that with a wrestler? How can you put a mask on on two wrestlers and have them? You know, a wrestler that. I'm gonna. Wrestler how, I, have you heard, Mr. Bautista, if how they're gonna do for the NFL? The I heard something that granted we can't see the the, the the TV, but I heard something about a shield. I guess covering the face. I know before. I don't know if you could see before, but the, they had a yeah. shield on the top part of the mask. Block yeah, their eyes. They, yeah, yeah. They, I'm not they sure that's gonna go down to cover their mouths. They had those know. plastic uh, uh, guards uh, to protect them from getting poked with their, you know, fingers. Uh, yeah. But see, still again, George, the, the there's a restriction there in in the breathing process, you know, because mm-hmm. you're still restricting people from being able to breathe normally, you know. And if they're like, you know, you go run, a, you, you go, you know, run a play, and you ran, you know, a, a quick. Uh, quick 30 yards, 40 yards, come back, you know, you're breathing hard, you know? So I don't know. I just think that, that, uh, that they, uh, people don't understand that athletics has more to, to do than, than just play the game. Oh, and see the thing about what is, what are people afraid about the virus, about dying, right? And they're saying that Hispanics and the, and the, and, and African Americans, yeah. they have a more policy of, of dying because of obesity, diabetes, and whatnot. So, and all these players are big guys, <laughs> three hundred fifty pounds, three fifty-five. You know, like uh, they had this one guy linebacker. He's uh, I think from Oakland. I forgot his name, Mister Bautista. He's six nine, three hundred forty pounds. That's oh, a big man. dude. That's yeah, yeah, a yeah. big dude. So anyway, That's what you always say sir to that guy. Heck yeah, you say, sir. Sir, can I help you, sir? Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, this other story, Mister Bautista, I found. Uh, oh, by the way, I do want to mention about the march that was done yesterday in Washington to 
coming uh, uh, 57 years ago, Martin Luther King made the um, "I Have a Dream" speech, which I think is 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 really poignant now because it, life has not really changed regarding how Africans are Americans are treated, even us Hispanics. I mean, especially now with this president. So um, just think about that, folks. That was 57 years ago, and we're still having these issues. And we're going to have, you know, it's just part of culture, I guess, and, you know, certain cultures. But um, but it takes education. It takes knowledge, or not knowledge, um, courage to educate people that, you know what? And it goes, it goes I think, Mr. Bautista, you being a, a teacher, it goes from when the kids are chiquito. Growing up, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. As a family yeah. and what the family's uh, views are and on things like that. Because I, I honestly, and you probably do, Mr. Bautista. I never, growing up, never, never, never heard the N word regarding that being negative. I, maybe when I was in my teens, I started hearing that word. But when I was growing up, everybody was the same. I had, I had no, and when I went to Austin High School, I had. It was a military, you know, the army brats. So I had like uh, South Koreans. I had uh, all these. And I never, I never, I don't know. It was, we're all the same. And, and you know, all... and you know, uh, the, the word negrito, maybe they would use the word negritos. You know, I even know negritos, you know, but it was never in an insulting uh, tone or manner, no. you know. And so we understood that, you know, but, but it's, it, it, it's today, you know, and I and I tell you this much, George. I don't blame those uh, the blacks for for demonstrating and marching. They have long been discriminated against just simply because of their color. And you know what? And so have we. The only thing is that, and and I'll tell you this too. Whatever the benefits the blacks have uh, gained, we've gained them because of them too. So we 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 should not we should not discriminate against our, our brothers just because they're black because they don't treat us any better. You know, not really. So, anyways, I just want to show you this one story real quick before Miss Bird comes on, um, which is kind of kind of spooky. Um, this one is about. Uh, did you hear about this one, Mr. Bautista? She's a twenty-year-old young lady that uh, she was pronounced dead, but she actually survived. Oh no! <laughs> uh, go ahead and show it because that, that's scary. That we played scary. it. I mean, this is uh, and uh, it's a true. It just makes you think like, wow, what, what? But let me go and play it, so one second, yeah. please. On to a bizarre story. Um, uh, a 20-year-old woman believed to have died was found breathing at a Detroit funeral home. What? On Sunday, yes. <laughs> On Sunday morning, Southfield Fire Department paramedics responded to a home for an unresponsive woman. When they arrived, the fire chief said she was, she was not breathing. After standard efforts to revive her, first responders determined after about 30 minutes that she was deceased. Uh, because there was no indication of foul play, per standard operating procedure, the Oakland County Medical Examiner's Office was contacted and they get, and given the medical data. And the patient was again determined to have expired. So her body was released directly to her family to start making arrangements. Um, they sent her over to a funeral home. And at that point, James H. Cole Funeral Home in Detroit, staff members made the shocking realization that the woman was actually still breathing. When they oh made that revelation, gosh. I know, uh, they actually reportedly then um, called paramedics who took her to the hospital. And she also is currently um, 
She is still in the hospital at, at, at as of now, her current condition remains unclear. So she. Isn't that weird? Isn't that wow. Crazy? That is, it is scary. You know, Lord, uh, I mean, three times when I heard the, the other story is that, um, she had passed, they had attempted three times in half an hour. And when the police arrived, that's when they declared her. Actually, called the medical examiner, actually. And that's when they declared her dead. So I'm like, wow. I don't know, man. Yeah. But, anyways, uh, right now we'll be waiting for Miss Sissy Bird. Uh, she's uh, running for District 4 uh, here in El Paso, Texas on November well, 3rd. While you're, doing, while you're doing that, George, let me uh, just uh, uh, bring bring a couple of things on. Sure. You know, one of them is that, you know, remember that the census are still going, folks. We need for people to to you know to register for to, for the census uh that helps a lot that counts especially for us and and, and we need to tell the uh, you know immigrants and people who are, are scared to to go out and we you need to encourage them and say you know that's not that's not to take you you know send you back to where you came from or whatever it, it, it's your right to to be able to be counted in the census and and uh so that's one thing that i wanted to mention to you you got you got anything on that that uh, to me, it's, you know, I mean, I don't know. To me, it's at the end of the day, uh, you know, I'm gonna go back to what I was saying right now, Mr. Bautista. We talked about this about uh, uh, going out and vote. Yeah, it's very important that we do that because because we don't because I don't know. We need to go out there and vote, and you know, we don't. We're gonna have another four years of, of Bush or uh, Trump. Sorry. So. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind for for other years of Bush. <laughs> it's supposed to to Trump, but I mean, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. What can we do, Mr. Bautista? We well, don't want to go know, out there. Oh. Well, the thing is, uh, George, a lot of it has to do with um, that. We, we have to educate them from from the time that they're in, in you know junior high and high school that that it's a civil it, it's a civil um, responsibility. It's a civic matter that they should they should be proud. To go out and vote because, you know, we complain about the fact fact that at City Hall we have you know people who are are, are not uh, qualified. But the reason that they're not qualified is because we 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 allow them to run, and the people that want them in there, you know, they get to decide that. The mm -hmm. rest of us don't. And I, and I, I I tell people, George, you know, when they tell me, no tengo tiempo. How can you not have time? You can do it by mail. You know. Uh, yep. So I mean, it, we, it, you know, you can so much, Mr. Bautista, and you know they don't want to participate. I mean, what can we do, man? I mean, we're going, you know, what can you really do? So hopefully, to our platform here, bringing the candidates, educating you, the voters, to go yeah. out there and vote. Uh, you know, will kind of bring more attention because I think the last votes or the last uh, general election was what twelve percent, which is kind I, of it's ridiculous. Sure that, that's I know in the runoff, it was like 8%. I mean, it's just ridiculous low. I mean. Yeah. And, and George, we, ha we have to continue educating people. We, we can't stop telling people that because it's like the black movement. You know, you can't stop just because there's some that, that don't agree or, or, you know, that don't, don't want to have to be uh, involved. We, we, have to, we have to continue pushing this. It's just because, you know, I was very surprised with, uh, Mr. Montes, he educated us last yep. week. And, and talking uh, about Mr. Montes, sorry to interrupt you there, Mr. Bautista. Yeah. Uh, Ms. Bird is online, so we're going to go ahead and bring her in. Ms. That's Bird it. is running for District 4 
Uh, I'll just go ahead and bring her in. Hello, ma'am. How are you doing today? Uh oh. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm doing you. good, but I, I was truly afraid that I wasn't going to get on your show because of the sound. Well, no, we're we're good. We're good, and we're good. We're good. And uh, just to let you know, Miss Bird, uh, one of you, I'm not sure if he's a friend of yours, but David Zamora reached out to me, and he's running for constable. And I was very surprised that he called me. And uh, I do appreciate that, Mister Zamora. Oh, yes, you're looking. I know him. Okay, oh, yeah, he called me, and and uh, he said that uh, that uh, he could see you. And uh, thank you, Mister Zamora. And uh, we'll probably have you on the show. Thank you. For, I didn't know that you uh, he knew how to contact me. So uh, that's a good thing. Well, anyway, Miss Bird. Hello, ma'am. Yes. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. And I, right. I just want to say thank you so much for having patience with me so I can be on your show. Well, Ms. you're Bird. quite welcome. You're quite welcome. And we, we are really excited to have you. Well, it's our, you it's, so our, it's our honor, ma'am. Trust me. It is our yeah. honor. So yeah. what, what I'm going to do is, with Ms. Bird, during our conversations I'm on the screen, I'm going to uh, go ahead and provide Mrs. Bird's information regarding her. She has Instagram, she has Twitter, Facebook, emails, and 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 um, website. I want to be putting up on the screen, folks, and also her. She has a PO box, um, and that's just so you, because if you do want to reach out to Ms. Bird, because right now I know it's kind of hard to campaign regarding the the, the COVID. The COVID. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of difficult. So, Ms. Bird, first of all, can you just real fast? Um, well, no, take your time. I'm kind of rushing. <laughs> Take your time. I'm rushing. That's all. Um, yeah. Can you introduce yourself, ma'am? My name is Sissy. Actually, everyone calls me Sissy Bird, but my real name is Dorothy M. Bird. And um, I'm just great to be here. So what? 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 Um. What? Uh. What was that trigger that made you say, "You know what? I'm ready for city council." What? Because we have all all the candidates to come on. What? What's that? Was it a singular issue? Was it a uh, a combination of things. Well, what made you run for, for, or for city council now? Well, I believe that it was a combination of different things. And what I mean by that is, you know, I'm so tired of the Northeast not being treated as if we are part of El Paso at times. Amen and to because that. A, a lot <laughs> because a lot of funding does not come our way. And it's like, I look at it this way. You know, there is a difference between movement and progress. And I believe that the Northeast, we are moving. Okay. But the difference is you could be moving and standing in one place. I think for the progress of El Paso, the Northeast, we need new representation. I'm not going to say anything bad about the old one, old city rep, but I will say I want to come to that table to represent us I want to be the voice for people who don't have a voice. And I just want everyone to please consider me because I am truly involved in the community. I, um, you might as well say I work full time as a volunteer besides my full time job because I care about the people in, in the Northeast and in all of El Paso. So yes, it was a combination of different things, but I just think that I will be able to represent our community very well. What would you say, Ms. Bird? Uh, what would you say right now? Because every segment or portion of El Paso is different. For example, not everything that's going to impact District 7 or the Lower Valley is going to be the same for North Season and vice versa. Right. So what do you see right now would be the, the biggest challenges to overcome right now in, in District 4? 
Well, in District 4, you know, we are truly growing as far as um, apartments and housing. And, you know, there are a lot of families out here. There are families even going to move out here still. And we need to have different, uh, say, like, for instance, entertainment for them to go to. We need new stores so they can go and shop. If we can drive from the northeast to the west side or the east side to go shopping, people from the east side and the west side can truly drive to the northeast because it's not like we don't have the access roads to get here. We have 54, we have 61, we have 375. So anybody all over El Paso can come to where we are. We need stores that we can shop in our neighborhoods instead of having to go to another part of the city. Well, why do you think, Miss Burton? Why do you think that uh, the business community doesn't involve them uh, it's, itself trying to to see that way and and and, and feel that way? Because obviously the the numbers are there for the for the northeast uh, population to to go shopping and 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 and, and participate. What do you see there that? It, the business community is not doing for you? Well, um, I think, you know, whenever a business goes into a community, they survey the, the area. But if we don't have anything to survey out here. How are they going to survey how we shop <laughs> or anything else? There's yeah. a big difference there. And, you know, it's a shame, but it's so true. I have talked to many people that live in other areas of the city. Do you yeah. know they've never been to the Northeast? They don't know what the or Northeast people are about. They don't know what the city looks like from looking from the Northeast. They have never been out here to the museums, to Sioux Young Park, for example. You know there are all the um, different items out there and everything. Look at where the flagpole was. The flagpole is taken down now because they're doing repairs on it. By the way, they need donations for that. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's it's people don't know what the Northeast is all about. They reflect to many years ago, oh, it's a bad part of town. Statistically, if you look at different areas of things terribly happening to it, the Northeast is not number one. So therefore, we have a, a bad taste in people's mouths. Oh, well, I don't want to go to the Northeast. It's too far. I don't want to go to the Northeast because of crime. El Paso has crime all over the city. Of but course. to say yeah. we are the worst is not true. And if you look up, if anybody go to the police department or the sheriff's department, they will find out those statistics are true, that hmm. we are safe. We are part of El Paso. So therefore, El Paso is safe. Of course, the Northeast is going to be safe. <laughs> well, I, I taught. Go ahead, Mr. I, I taught taught in uh, up at Urban High School, and you know, uh, the same thing was said about the, uh, the kids in, at Urban. You know, oh, those kids are are just not. They're just problematic kids. I taught there for eight, nine years, and I never had. I never saw that. You know, the kids are kids, and and uh, they're going to be good kids and not so good kids and they're going to be uh everywhere and it's not just there you know eastwood doesn't have the the best of the best you know they all have their problems the uh, hanks exactly. is the same way and I, I i worked at urban and and i you know i i enjoyed it i was there for about nine years and uh, 
again, you know, the, it, it was a mixture of kids and, and, and I liked it. But I think a lot of times, like you said, people have the misconception that the Northeast is the problematic part of the city, and it's not. Yeah, it's that's not. the thing. When I was growing up, Ms. Bird, to be honest with you, I grew up in a, in a – I went to Austin High School, Sunset High School in Central, and then I grew up in the East Side, uh, Edgemere and whatnot. And I always remember when I was young that the Cholos and the bad people lived in the Northeast and don't go over there. The, and uh, what was it? A pair of the diamond – what is that thing called where the the other gangs hang out? Well, anyways. Oh, you talking about hell? What is it? Hell Triangle? Yeah, 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 something like that. Um, They they renamed that a couple of years ago. It's called Angels Triangle now. Amen. (laughs) Angels Triangle, right? You know, people start referring it, especially the people in the Northeast. But like I said, you know, it's really bad where other people that live on the other parts of town have never been to the Northeast. You know what? They're not like that. How can we go to different meetings? Now, let's face it. A lot of us that are involved in the community, we live in the Northeast. We go to the other communities, go to different meetings all over the city, but we are a reflection of our our part of town. Right. So if, right. if they're saying, oh, well, the Northeast is this, that, and other, well, what about all the people that live in the Northeast? Are you saying that about all of us? No. No. Of course, no matter where you live, there's going to be problems. There's going well, to be issues. I don't care where you live. Well, but right now, Miss Bird, what do you think? I mean, is there? I mean, you've heard about the gang. Every time you see a shooting or you're, you're on the news, right away on Facebook, I say, "Oh, they put it in the comments, northeast, northeast, northeast." And sometimes it's not. It's like for Far East now, it's becoming a troublesome, or even the Lord Valley. But the thing is, uh, so what can you do, ma'am, or if you go on City Council, if somebody is to ask your constituency, Miss Bird, what can you do to address if there is uh, um, crime. Well, you know what? First of all, that's for the police and the sheriff's department. Law enforcement is over the crimes. I will not be over no crimes. Now, I can put my input of different areas that we maybe we need more um, police going into the neighborhoods. Learn who your neighbors are. I think it's a good thing that on that um that app neighborhood something neighborhood app, neighborhood I watch what, <laughs> I can't remember what the name of it is neighborhood anyway, watch because I get the name of it confused but anyway I think it's a good thing that the police department is on there so the na- the neighborhood can get to know who the police are but the police can also get to know who we are we're sure. in this together if crime is in our area crime is affecting all of us. Say, for instance, if our store got robbed and they want to close it, that is affecting the people in the Northeast because we can't go to that store anymore. So it's not like it's so separate. It's actually, it's all together because no matter what, this is our city. This is our part of the city, the Northeast. So therefore, we have to protect our, our homes. This is where we live. This is where people work, and we have to protect each other. That's how come it's important also to know who your neighbor is. Amen. Let me let me change it, uh, the the pace here a little bit, Miss uh, Bert. Um, how do you feel about uh, the, the the management at the top, uh, the mayor and 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 his and and the city manager? Uh, I, I've been very upset about the fact that they've given him a twenty thousand dollar raise, and it's not even a bonus; it's a raise. 
and he's making three hundred and thirty thousand dollars. And and I think we need people like yourself that could come in and say, you know, we, we can't be doing that. We, you know, if we're going to freeze the the salaries of the classified employees, he needs to be first. Well, you know what I, I feel about that? Just like you said, I think it's a shame that here we are in a pandemic and the city wants to give raises. Now, the lower level employees, and what I mean by lower level is, I'm not talking about the mayor, I'm talking about the ones that got to get out there and work to repair the street lights or whatever. They put a, um, a freeze on their, on their jobs. They put yeah, on their salaries, their, yeah. On their salaries. And, you know, I think it's a shame here, we're in a pandemic, but yet you want to give raises. And, and already the pandemic is affecting so many people. So many families are without jobs. They're without food. Have you ever seen a time when El Paso had so many food banks? So no, many no. different people or walks of life that are in food bank lines. It is truly a shame. Mm -hmm. Because, nope. and then they want to, you want to give him a raise? Take that money and put it toward a food bank. Put it toward helping people with their gas, electric, water, something. And now, you know, I really think it's a shame that even with the schools now, they're having the children to wear school uniforms. These people don't have jobs. How are they going to buy a school uniform so they can sit in front of a computer? And, and you know, and that was asked. And, you know, I think it's a shame because raises should not be given during this time. All mm -hmm. of it should be um, deferred to another time. What, what do you think of, uh, first of all, you're listening to No Vision Internet Radio. We are streaming on Facebook Live and YouTube. And also um, for those who have a, who are, Ms. Bird, I do apologize for again that you can't, you can see me because I'm blind. I'm checking my, the broadcast on our website. So we're streaming on www.novisioninternetradio.com also. And um, so Ms. Bird, what will you say, and I, we've asked all the candidates have come on the show, what would you say coming out of the pandemic is the biggest barrier for El Paso? Well, I think the biggest barrier is to make sure that our families are okay. Because, like I said, with all of them not being able to work, and uh, some jobs will never come back. A lot of different uh, businesses will close. You know, we have a lot of mom-and-pop restaurants and uh, boutiques and different things, hairdressers, different things like that. Their jobs are gone. We need to meet, be concerned of, first of all, if people still want to get tested, let them. Because even though our numbers are kind of not going up as as drastically as there were, but there's so many deaths. And it, it it's all people of all ages, all races. It doesn't make any difference. I think we need to concentrate on our citizens to make them be safety, to make their roads accessible. Those are the type of things that should be concentrated on first. And, you know, and, and, and a lot of different things need to be focused on the children that are going to school. There are so many that are missing out. There are so many that cannot learn through the Zoom as fast as they would have in a classroom. So right. I think, you know, it's like a lot of social um, 
um, programs, we're going to have to focus on some of those. But we also need to still focus on, like, the streets and everything because um, we have to make sure we keep our community safe. And, Ms. Byrne, uh, one of the things that I uh, uh, have brought up before, too, is uh, with, with the, um, the, the budget. Of course, you know, the budget is not going to be good this year. Right. Uh, because you're not going to have the, the monies that were available to you before. Uh, so, so what are we going to do to, to um, facilitate those jobs that, what they said that they, they, they uh, there's 400 of pe people that worked at the city are, are, were laid, were they laid off or, or served? I think they're furloughed, furloughed right now, but supposedly yeah. they may be terminated. By the way, Ms. Bird, just uh, let you know, while we're just talking to Ms. Bird, I am streaming her um, on the ticker. I am putting her Facebook page, um, Twitter, Instagram, and then her website. So I hope that's coming out. Um, Ms. Bird, I was going to ask you uh, one thing. Um, we're going back to what we talked about the crime. We talked to Mr. Aaron Montes last week. Um, what, what's, your, what's your take on defunding police? Now, I think, first of all, most people don't know what that means. Yeah. They believe, you know, a lot of people feel that defunding is not paying the police. Just get rid of the police department. That's not true. Defunding means that you take those funds and you divert it to something else. Say, for instance, social workers. I think, I think some money can be transferred over to those areas because all it is is that is still come underneath the police department, but it could be social workers that are involved. And I think that some of the incidents, probably they do need a social worker just as much as they need uh, a, a law enforcement officer there. Well, how do you so, feel, Ms. Ms. Ver, about the uh, militarization that, that they use for uh, to, for crowd control? No, I, 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 they're typing, I hear typing. Somebody's typing. I hear typing, anyways. I thought yeah. it was me. I'm like, am I typing? But anyway, Miss <laughs> Bird. I, yes. I don't know. If, do you hear typing, or is it me? No, I do hear typing. I don't uh, know why. I, I think it's cracking nuts or something there. <laughs> How weird! Did I do hear typing? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell you, but uh, what is that? Well, anyways, that's weird. Um. Uh, Ms. We got hacked. I think we're getting hacked there, folks, because I can hear uh, typing for some weird yeah. reason. Let me do this. Maybe I, that'll I stop you, it. Are oh. you still there, Ms. Ms. Burke? Yes, I am. Okay. okay. Well, uh, anyway, uh, how do you feel about the, the, the toys that the police department are purchasing for militarizing and crowd control? Uh, do, do you... Do you do you agree or? Should, I, I, I disagree with militarizing our police department. We, when people get out there and have a peaceful protest, they should never be fired upon. I don't think that every protest turns into a riot. But sometimes it could be escalated because of the tempers of the people that are there. So therefore, no, I don't believe that we need to militarize our police department. I don't think so at all. It's yeah, unsafe for the people who are out there, and it's unsafe also for law enforcement. Because, look, every 
there's bad people in bad situations all the time. So therefore, no, it makes it worse. When you're coming yeah. out with riot gear on and you look like a, a, a soldier, yeah. that will intimidate a person who wouldn't normally get intimidated. Well, that's not their job. And they're uh, the, afraid. Some of the yeah, protesters the, are afraid. Their job is to police, not to militarize. And you know, uh, that's where I think the money should go into the programs uh, that for training and for education. And you know, a, a lot of our policemen need to know about autism, about people. Sometimes, you know, they've had uh, guys that crashed their car, and they, the the first thing they think is that they were intoxicated. And you know, diabetics can go into a coma, and and you know, and that, that's that that could be potentially dangerous for the for that one particular person, you know? Exactly. And let, let's face it, you know, it, it's truly a shame that, um, and another thing I think, I don't think law enforcement should be able to easily move from one city or state to another. Amen. If you are in one city and you are the worst police officer on that team because that's what it is the police department has a team within their cell and they move to say like for instance if there's someone that lives in another state i'm not gonna name a state because somebody be the had a fit <laughs> so <laughs> but let's just say they move to to el paso but they move to texas to el paso and they're truly truly a bad cop where they, they don't consider the people they just have their own agenda their own, um, where they think that they're so much in charge of a person just because they're wearing a badge and have a gun. But, and then they come to El Paso. Let's face it, El Paso is made up of different races. I myself being of the black race, and then others with the Hispanics, the Orientals, anything, Indians, but they come here with an attitude against our races. Who's going to end up hurt or dead? We will. Yeah. Because just like, you know, we keep talking about the August 3rd shooting. But let's face it. He came here to kill. He came here to kill Hispanics. He came here to kill blacks, whites, anybody else that stood in his way. And that's what he did. He hurt yeah. these people. He killed other people. And let's face it, look at the babies. Look at the small kids that were in the store that day. Look how traumatized they're going to be for a long time or for the rest of their lives. And it's just not affecting one race. It affects all of our races. Amen. Amen That's to that, Ms. Burns. Black Lives Matter because at the moment, we need to concentrate on different parts. We need to concentrate on the black people that keep getting killed for no reason at all. Then if we get that under control, then we can move on to the next set of races that are being traumatized and killed. Look at all those babies that were in cages in, in on our grounds, in our city. We yep. have to think about each and every single one of us and stop thinking, oh, well, it doesn't concern me because I'm not that race. That's a bunch and, of And now they just uh, uh, were talking about the, in the news that a lot of those kids that were, you know, they, they, they took their parents away from them. 
They're sending him back to where they came from, but they're not sending him back with their parents. They're sending him by themselves. And all those kids that they're sending back in particular, have have contracted the COVID-19. I mean, why would you think about this? Why would you even send a child back to, uh, uh, let's say Mexico or wherever, without their parent? What's the logic of that? What's, what's, that's that's what I understand. That's a Trumpian well, mentality. Right, and all they want to do is get them out of our country. That's just like, now all of us are over 50 that's on here or close to it. I know I'm over 50. But <laughs> I'm doing I'm a, good for being over 50. <laughs> but I'm a little see, younger than you. That's just... <laughs> I'm only 72. I'm a little younger than you. Well, I'm 63 <laughs> I'm still kicking it. <laughs> that's just like saying... For instance, say I wasn't black, say I was Hispanic, and all of a sudden, just like the the kids, they send me to Mexico and say, okay, you're from here, I'm sending you back here. I am at my age of 63 years old. How am I going to adapt over there? Well, I know nothing about it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So That's can exactly. you imagine a baby, a two, three-year-old being sent what if there's no other family members? What are they going to do with these kids? Are they just going to send them over there and they end up in a, a orphanage or something else? What about even, kids that will never you, go back to their parents? We got to Bird, those kids too. If you think about it, that could contribute to the issue of human uh, trafficking and you know, sending little kids themselves over there. And the thing is, it's uh, that typing throws me off. But I do apologize. I don't know what that typing is for. From, but um, let me ask you a question, Ms. Bird, before we go any further. What what makes you the best candidate for District 4 right now? What what background, what can you bring to the table? Because there's, how many running? There's seven running or six hey, individuals? There's six running now. Yes. Um, so what, what, what stands you out of the other candidates that you can make a difference? Well, first of all, I am the only woman that's running. That stands out a lot. Are you? Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. And because of me volunteering so much in our community, I am always out there with everyone of, of the Northeast and El Paso as a whole. I understand how they feel. I understand that we're worried about what is in our neighborhood. Will I be able to go to the store? And what, can my children get a job in my neighborhood? Will the children that are graduating from high school stay here and go to college here will the ones that's going to college here stay here that's why i am the best candidate because i know how the people of the northeast and el paso feel i know what it is with women's issues men's issues families issues let me ask you this miss bird if a constituent wants to come to you and say okay because i know one of the things that probably comes up and you've probably been asked this thousands and thousands of times uh, the streets, the infrastructure in the Northeast. What can you say to address that issue of, of the streets? I think that, you know, we are actually gaining, um, for some reason you can't see me now. I know good well that, for instance, our streets need to be um, still worked upon. Our sidewalks need to be worked on. When a street light is knocked down, it should not take months for that street light to go back up because if that street light has a purpose to keep the streets well lit 
so that our citizens can be safe. That's just like I think something needs to be done to help the um, the homeowners. You know, and it, yes, it is a homeowner's property if they have a big tree and the tree is growing up underneath the sidewalk. I was talking to a young man that was in a wheelchair and he was like a block from where I was standing because I was out there putting up a sign. And what happened was he got... Uh-oh. Did, oh. Did, did we lose it? No, y'all can't see me, but I can still see y'all. I guess you can still hear me. So what happened yeah, we was can hear you. he told me, he said, because of the sidewalk. I think we need to make sure that we even help the homeowners where they have these trees or whatever is making the sidewalks come up where the people that are in the wheelchairs or walkers can still be safe and walk on our streets. We need yep. to address that part also and accessibility to the bus stops for handicapped people. We have to well, make sure they can get to the bus stop to get on the bus when they want to travel by uh, by the bus. Well, let me say something, Ms. Bird, about that because I used to chair the City of Accessibility Committee and the Mass Transit Board. Um, the two things that really need to be addressed is the funding or the lack of funding. Right now there is what's called CDBG funding that's available to districts that allows for to fix the streets. Because what Ms. Bird is saying, if you own a home and the sidewalk is, is, is coming up because of a tree, that's really the responsibility of the homeowner. I'm however, the homeowner, however this, if, 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 if there's funding to what's called another source of funding, on-demand program, the city could actually come in and fix that sidewalk at no charge to the landowner or the property owner, I'm sorry. So that what Ms. Bird is saying, about the bus stops, folks, there's still over 500 bus stops that are not accessible. Okay, 500. That's a lot. So I'm, I'm glad you touched on them, Ms. Bird, because uh, that's kind of show that you, you, you're going across boards when it comes to addressing many issues that you appreciate that, ma'am. Um, Saying the last thing about uh, the streets and, and, uh, and um, sidewalks, is it true that Dyer is an interstate, right? It's a highway? Is it true that is what? That the, uh, that Dyer is a street is is actually belongs to the state. It's a highway or interstate. I think, I think that is so true. So can yeah. the city address issues on that street or not? I think no matter what, the city still should be able to address the, the issues on that. For the Amen. simple fact that um, it's still part of our city and it's part of our state. So why can't we address it? That should make us be able to find out. Who can do something about it? Because there's a big difference of just saying, oh, well, it doesn't belong to the city, so forget that. No, that's not the way it's supposed to be. True. Yeah, you're right. We find, look, we got enough city employees on these different um, uh, departments where they should be able to find out, okay, if it's not the city, then find out who it belongs to and let's address that to them so we can get it fixed because it's about getting it fixed. It's not so much about who, uh, who it falls up under. Sure. No, you're right, ma'am. I, I, I appreciate you saying because it's true because what happens a lot of times, you know what I just noticed? When I'm talking, this typing happens. Yeah, that's because they're, they're, they're trying to oh, yeah. figure out what you're, what you're saying so they can... I don't know. I just realized that right now. When I talk, it does the typing. I might, I might touch yeah. you. Anyways, 
Uh, Ms. Byrne, um, before we go, because it's already past 12 and I know you have a tight schedule, what can you, what's, what can you say in, in closing that makes you, Ms. Byrne, the best candidate? Well, like I said, you know, I, I am truly a part of my community. I didn't just become, I am a Democrat. I didn't just become a Democrat so I can run. I didn't just become involved in my community because I'm running. I am none of that. I am out there with the community. I, I um, make sure that our community is striving. And I just feel that because I have volunteered for so many years, and I came here with the military as a military dependent. I know what it is to move here from someplace else. I know what it is to move here and get sent someplace else. When I first originally came here, I came from Germany. After a couple of years, we were sent back to Germany. But I came back here as a choice to be a part of El Paso in the Amen. Northeast only. All my children went to only schools in the Northeast. My grandson went to the school in Northeast. My children graduated from Andrews High School, both of them, within my children only. And I only have two. I have a, one grandson, and then I have another grandson that calls me grandma because he is our neighbor's son. That's how much, how long I have been here and invested <laughs> yeah. in our community. I call him my grandson of love. Oh, that's cool. I love him, his family, and his family love our family. So that's how come, in a way, you could say I have two grandchildren, but they all attend the school. I have um, children that attended Vista, all of them. But like I said, I embedded in this community, and if I was a business owner, I would have it in the Northeast where it should be because this is our city. We need to work for our city, and we need to take care of our city. And, you Amen. know, even though the Northeast representative is only, in a sense, representing the Northeast, let's face it, city council represents our whole city. Yes, right. So, therefore, you have to have input and gain knowledge from all over El Paso. And another thing, we need to teach our community about protecting our environment because we can make mistakes to harm our environment and we don't even know it. So, you know, what we got to do is we got to educate each other, help each other to learn how to protect our neighborhoods, how to protect our environment, how to strive and stress to our children. Do something with your life. You need help. We got to find a way to kind of help. And the seniors, let's face it, seniors have limited income, limited access to a lot of things. We got to look out for the seniors because hopefully we pray to God that one day we're going to be a senior and we're going to want somebody to come help us. Amen. Yes, ma'am. You, you are director. You are so right. And, and Ms. Bird, I just, uh, those who are watching, please share this video because I want Ms. Bird's voice to get out there because at this time it's kind of hard to campaign because of the pandemic. She really can't, it's not safe to go door to door and, and have rallies and campaign parties and whatnot. But, you, you know, please out there share her voice because this is our intent on this show. For right now, we're talking to candidates. Uh, is to to let their voices be heard through the social media. For example, with Aaron Montes, we had over 800 hits. So come on, folks. This this share Mrs. Bird's voice here and let her um, her message come across to other people. That even though you might not live in North Seas, how about you, your grandpa, your cousin that lives in North Seas? Hey, check this out. 
check out Ms. Bird. She's running for city council for, for your district. And um, vote for her. By the way, what what number, what what, what position did you pick on the, where, where, where oh, are you on the ballot? I am truly happy to say that I am on place number one. All right. All right. Hey. I could not have gotten a better place. But can Numero. I say one more thing? Please go to my website and go to my Facebook page. And the reason why I'm stressing that is because then you'll get to know who Sissy Bird truly is it's not up there for show it is what i have done what i want to accomplish and the different um organizations is that stuff that i belong to they are they are not endorsing me it is just for you to understand how much i am embedded in my community i am belong i belong to many organizations have belonged to many organizations and it's about taking care of our community and that's what i'm bringing to the table well i don't know if our other candidates are i'm only going to concentrate on me because i want to be the next city council district four representative amen to that so folks okay. that are watching on facebook and youtube i've had on the ticker is miss uh, bird's facebook it has her twitter account and her instagram so i'm going to let it run for a little bit so we do want to uh, showcase that. Uh, Ms. Bird, before we leave, and I, again, me and Mr. Bautista, I do appreciate you coming on. It is, it is a great honor. Do you have anything to say, Mr. Bautista, before we go? I just want to thank her. And, and, and as you said, I uh, want to ask the listeners to uh, check her her Facebook space, her her website, and and help her out, help her out to, so that she can become a, the next representative. She's working hard. and. Uh, Obviously, uh, we can tell that she's a great person. And thank you, Ms. Whip, Ms. Uh, Berg, for uh, coming on our show. And we really appreciate you. And I thank y'all so much because this is truly helping out the candidates so that the people in the community can get to know who we are and um, hear us speak a little bit. So I thank both of you so much. Well, one thing I've learned, Ms. Bird, you, I, you know, for a while I've been doing this internet stuff, and I started with Abel Rodriguez on DialogueEP.com, and he, one thing he told me, he said he used to be in part of KVIA, and he was part of uh, Channel 26, and he said a lot of times what happens with candidates, you only get, if they, if they are on the news, you know, if it's not the chosen one, if you are on the news, you only get 20 seconds at, at that. So he says... You know, it needs to be have a platform where the candidates could talk for an hour, or thirty minutes, or whatever it is, to give them that voice. So that's why we, we bring on candidates and that human bird. Uh, I want to say one thing. My mom taught me many years ago. Rest in peace, my mom. She told me attitude makes up for aptitude, and your attitude, Ms. Bird, I gotta say, is perfect. <laughs> well, thank you, you so know. much. That is so good to hear from you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So next week we may be off. Uh, me and Mr. Bautista are still talking about that. Uh, but since we had a call from Danny Zamora, he's running for a constable. We might have him on the show next week. But, Ms. Bird, you're more welcome to ever come back. There's still time between now and, and, uh, and, the, and November 3rd. I think it's less than, what, 50 days, if I'm not mistaken, um, yes. for the election. So if you ever want to come back, ma'am, let me know. And you're more welcome to do that, okay? Well, all you got to do is invite me, and I'll be back. And I'll be back after I win. <laughs> there you go. Amen right. to that. 
Thank Wait, you so I, much. Well, I have a question with Bird. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, when you logged on, did you, did you, were you on browser or on the Google Chrome browser or not? I was on. Um, I think I was on Edge. Yeah, sure. that's my bad. I, I should have told you. Uh, um, Streamyard works better on Google Chrome, and my bad. That's not me, folks. Oh, We're okay. learning. We're <laughs> learning. So, all right, Miss Bird. Um, if you can't see me for the last ten minutes. It's just all black, but I'm still here, and you see what I look like in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, wait, all right, Miss so Bird. I do appreciate. Experience. Uh, thank Amen you. That. Thank you, ma'am. All right. Thank you so much. Thank oh, you, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You know no, what? No, go ahead. I think also we need to make sure we make people and businesses pay attention to where uh, disabled and handicapped people, because our, your community is growing so much. We need to pay attention to a lot of you because you are growing so much. I think where we need to make sure that businesses and everything enforce accessibility to get into like the American legions, into stores, into apartments, different things like that, because your community is growing so much that I don't know if anybody's paying attention to how much you're growing. All right. Sounds, you know, Ms. Bird, I'm glad you said that. I do want to mention this real quick, folks. Well, a lot of times what happens is business owners in El Paso, they're kind of scared when you say accessibility, like, uh-oh, it's going to cost us money. However, there is city grants that is available. Uh, granted, I'm not sure after the, the, the COVID, but there are grants that will help the, the business owner to make their, their, their home or their business accessible. So uh, don't be afraid if, if someone approaches you and you're a business owner and they say, you know what, your place is not accessible, that's not oh. automatically means millions and millions of dollars. So right. just keep that in mind. I'm glad you said that, Ms. Bird. Because yeah, you know city. when the budget, there's that money that's on demand. That's how you use that money for different things like that. You go to city council and say, you know what? I would like to put a a, a ramp at, at this point. <clears throat> can, can I talk to city council about it? Can I put this on the agenda? Well, we can address this issue. And like I said, that's on demand. So Therefore, and you know what makes it a shame that some businesses, all they have to do is tell tell the state, oh, well, I'm working on it. it they may be working on it for 10 years. And they yeah, still the, qualify them as doing something about it. Even though, remember what I said, when you movement, <clears throat> you can move in one place and not do nothing. Ms. Bird, can I ask you a question? How do you know? How, how... Not many people know that. How, how do you know that? Can I ask you that? Because I pay attention. There you go. <laughs> no, seriously, no, folks. I really do pay attention. And um, for years, I used to go to, um, to Neil and volunteer with a home. They had 15 disabled or mentally challenged children. I volunteered for many, many years with them. And I fully understand what it is to a point, only to a point, what it is where you can't do this or you can't do that because of any kind of disability. So I truly only understand to a point because I, I don't have any kind of disabilities or anything, except I need glasses. I have to wear it on, <laughs> but that's not really considered a disability. But well, what, what I'm saying is 
that comes from me being involved in our community. That's what, you know, I, that's how come I'm stressing so much about volunteering and everything, because I know about these things because I'm out there with the people. And that's the only way, this, you know, some things you can learn by looking at YouTube or anything else, but a lot of things you learn by personally being out there with someone to help someone. I know what it is to stand next to somebody and they're upset because of something happened to a family family member. I know what it is to let them cry on my daggone shoulder. I know what it is to cry on their shoulder because none of us are perfect. Perfect. All we can do is help out each other. And that's what we in the in city council, and I am not in anybody's pocket. I have a grassroots campaign. So, and you know, I, I really did have a hard time even asking people for donations for the simple fact that I know what it is to take care of another family, another family member. I know what that is to feel like when you're saying, oh, well, which do you want? More money for your campaign or more money? Give me a, a $10 to, to buy somebody some groceries. Me, myself, because of the way I am, I would say, okay, well, maybe we could give you five dollars and I take five dollars, or give you eight dollars because you got more mouths to feed than I do. Yes, so it, yep. it's, you know, it's truly hard right now with campaigning because of the pandemic, but it's also truly hard to get donations. And I will not be in the pocket of no one, Amen. and that is for sure because people have clicks and all these other things. I'm not in them, and I never. Nope. Well, thank you that. for. Uh, th I was just gonna say thank you for being in our on our program. And as the, as uh, George has said, um, you know, next time that you want to be on, uh, let us know, and we'll, we'll welcome you back. And and maybe maybe after the election, and you get to be the representative. Maybe after that, you can come in and and uh, talk to us. All right, right Miss Bird. Miss <laughs> yeah. Bird, I want to I want to put you on the spot now. Okay. Okay. You, you, you become city council now. You're, you're gonna come back on our show, okay? I already said that. All right. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Okay. More, more importantly, because I plan Ms. on winning. Miss Bird. More importantly, we, we I want to close out this 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 show good. More importantly, Miss Miss Bird, I, I want you to really think about this answer. I think Mr. Bautista already knows. Miss Miss Bird, are you a yes. Dallas fan? Are you a Dallas fan? No. My team is Philadelphia Eagles. I don't like Dallas Cowboys. So wait, wait, I like her. I like her already. Uh, yeah, me too. Me, me too. I, don't, I, I like her already. So, all right, Miss Bird. Thank you, ma'am. We can truly watch a football game together when we come back to our, when we start, rather, when we start our new normal. I can sit down and have some chicken wings and a daggone Coke with y'all and fries. Amen. Right. Hey, yeah. Hey, I ain't gonna argue Once about again. that. All right, thank you, Miss Miss Bird. It's a truly pleasure. You're you're a sweetheart. God bless and be safe. Uh, and um, so, Miss Mister Mister Bautista, we're gonna go ahead and close out. Yes, sir. Yes. So the the thing here, so I'm gonna play some music or our right. or, or I guess outgoing music. I guess you wanna call it. Uh, but anyways, next week we might have a show after all. Um, I don't know. It really depends. Hopefully, but spread the word. I really do want Miss. Miss uh, Bird's um, message to get out there. So whoever is on this, uh, watching this, please share this. I mean, because Miss Bird just, you know, all these candidates really need to have their voices heard. And 
and they need you know, that exposure. Yeah. Yeah, they need that exposure. So we're going to go ahead and play this video, and then we'll go ahead and close out. And thank you, everyone. God bless, Mr. Bautista. And I will right. see you later. Later. And stop typing. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.